0: Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association.
1: Welcome back. It can be difficult to get in to see the doctor when you're trying to confirm whether you have something like strep throat or the flu, and now you may be able to get those kinds of diagnoses from your pharmacists. Some pharmacies are starting to offer on-site testing. It's known as point-of-care testing, and it's to help patients monitor and manage chronic conditions like diabetes or confirm, as we said, the presence of strep throat or the flu. Now, this is something new, and speaking for myself, it sounds like it can make managing your health a lot more convenient. I'm here with our trusted contributor, John Papasturgio, from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Of course he is here to answer your questions as well as mine, and to take your call uh, not just on this, but on any pharmacy related questions. So the numbers are four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll- free one. 1- John, nice to see you. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be back, Libby. So this is a whole new thing.
2: Yeah, it's a a new area. It's actually one of the areas I'm actively involved in in my other life, which is kind of the research that I do. But really, the idea of of point-of-care testing and being able to access information at your pharmacy is something that I think uh, we don't do enough. The pharmacists are accessible. We're convenient to get to. We're open late. Um, there's a real opportunity here, and I think you hit it uh, on the head when you said it's really about managing your disease better. We're not really here to diagnose. We don't want to take that, you know, scope away from the physicians. But once we know a patient has diabetes, something as simple as an A1C test will really give us more information on how well that patient is doing. Is there any opportunity for us to optimize their uh, therapy? And and what, you know, what other role can the pharmacist play? Um, So uh, new technology, really cool, generally just takes a little bit of blood or a swab, and we're seeing this explode in, in all therapeutic areas, really.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I know, okay, so if you think there's something wrong and you're not sure, so you have to get in to see the doctor. Uh, we know it's almost impossible to get a same day appointment with a doctor. So you're you're either going to a walk in clinic or you're waiting. Uh, you may be infecting your colleagues sure. at the same time. I mean, th- this sounds great.
2: The area that we've had the most success in has really been strep testing, and uh, um, and I'll tell you why. I, I mean, you think of the young mother with uh, you know a child. It's got a sore throat. It's, you know, Thursday evening. Uh, The only options really are go to urgent care of the walk-in or urgent care of the ER. Wait times can going to be pretty long. They now could actually come to certain pharmacies and get this kind of strep test. And we're able to tell them on the spot, yes, it's strep or no, it isn't. If it's not strep, the reality is we'll just refer them back home, maybe give them some Tylenol, some supportive therapy, and say, hey, if it gets worse over the next couple of days, see your physician. But most likely it's viral. So we're about to publish the kind of the biggest paper to date in this area. We've, we've had about 8,000 patients in the study, and what we found was really interesting. We found that if when you go to a physician's office, um, 70% of the time, the patients will walk out with a script for an antibiotic, but the reality is only 20% of the time do they actually have strep, right? So there's an opportunity here to better manage kind of the antibiotics. What we did in, the, in our point of care study is we, we found that when pharmacists were doing it, um, 90% of the time, the patients that actually tested positive got an antibiotic within 24 hours. So that's real. I think that's real important. We're getting the right patients on the therapy, and only 5% of the time did a patient that was negative get an antibiotic.
1: Because I'm, I'm assuming that the way it usually works, you, you get to the doctor, but you haven't had your test. That's right. So you have to get your test but in the meantime you don't want to go to the doctor for nothing so you get that script even though uh antibiotic resistance is a huge it's issue it's a, a huge issue uh and I don't want to name names but I I know a couple of uh, uh recently somebody here you know uh, called in sick because they said they have a cold and then they said I'm I'm going to the doctor to get an antibiotic and it's like There's why no yeah Bad idea.
2: Yeah, so what, you know, and the doctors are well-intentioned. It's not like they, what they say to the patient, hey, listen, I'm going to take a swab. I'm going to send it off to the lab. Here's a script. If I call you in, you know, two days and it's positive, go fill the script. But what happens in reality, that patient goes right from the office, comes see me in the pharmacy and says, I want to get this filled, right? Because they feel sick. They don't want to wait. They want to start a therapy. And that's where we get into some problems, I think. So point of care could solve that, uh, you know, Issue, I think, with respect to strap. I mean, it could be—it's a little bit more complicated than just that. But I think we have an opportunity there, definitely.
1: And do does the legislation—it's—it—it allows you to do. It that.
2: depends which province you're in, and this is a challenge right now. So in Ontario, we're a little bit uh, uh, challenged with bloodletting. So um, bloodletting—that re- yeah, sounds really, like something yeah, medieval. I know, <laughs> pretty much. we're not—we're not allowed to draw blood in the pharmacy yet, even though we've been doing it for years with blood glucometers. What we do is we get patients to prick themselves it's not a huge deal but uh, there has to be a change in the legislation when it comes to these point of care tests that involve uh Blood and generally it's just peripheral blood, right? It's a fingerprint uh, prick, uh, but anything like a throat swab, uh, an intranasal swab, if we're testing for flu, that's within our scope. I mean, you're not you're not uh, doing anything inappropriate there. And pharmacies are starting to offer that.
1: Oh, it's, so testing for flu because I I never know how do you how do you know that you actually have the flu as opposed to I don't know something else.
2: And this is this is the thing we get patients that come in. Um, you know, cold and flu season, it's very different, difficult to differentiate. You can't really tell if the patient has a cold or a flu unless you do a, a test. And at flu season, it's funny to see, like I'm on the Danforth there. Uh, we offer the uh, point-of-care flu testing. You'll see patients will come in and we'll say, let's just test you, see what happens, right? So we'll test. You'll get negative, negative, negative. All of a sudden, there'll be like a little flu outbreak, and every patient's testing positive. Uh, you know, why is this important? For a number of reasons. If we know you have the flu and you haven't been immunized, Stay home. We tell patients, you know, stay home. You don't want, to, you don't want this to circulate. If they're older patients or they have chronic kind of medical conditions, we could get them on a drug called Tamiflu. It's yeah. an antiviral that really helps against the flu and we want them to get on that as early as possible, right? So there's a few benefits to knowing. If you've got the common cold, it's not a big deal. Again, we give them some cough and cold stuff and the send them off. People
1: don't realize, I mean, we've done a couple of shows on this that for older people who are frail, The flu can have disastrous consequences because the flu, you get sick with the flu and then uh, you're in bed for a long time and then suddenly... You can't live on your own anymore. Oh,
2: absolutely, yeah. And it's huge. It's and the people die of the right? flu. Yeah, yes. It's the complications related to flu, especially in the elderly. They get these secondary pneumonias, and then they die. I mean, it's a it's a very, potentially very serious in those high-risk populations. And when I get a younger patient that tests for flu, they don't seem like, oh, I'm sick, I'll be okay. The reality is it's not just you. It's, you know, everyone around you that
0: you could potentially uh, impact. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to 1. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. I'm here with our trusted contributor John Peppa Sturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Uh, we've been talking about this new thing point-of-care testing, where you can go to the pharmacy to make sure if you think you have the flu, if you think you have strep throat, rather than waiting to get an appointment with the doctor, which can lead to problems. You go to the doctor, they, they don't have the result of the test, they give you an antibiotic anyway, and uh, that can lead to bad things like antibiotic overuse. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Tag in Oshawa. Hi, hi Tag. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you?
0: Good. Um, I got a comment about the, pee, the cold, you know, people, they are running to their doctors all the time just to have a snooze, you know. It's no good for them, uh, for other people that are sitting in the waiting room and they are taking up space and, um, they, they, I, I don't really know how to say it, you know, but it's a misuse of the healthcare system, you know, if you want to the doctor because you got a snooze or you got um, a flu, you got, he's got to tell you to go back home to bed anyway.
1: Well, in, in, unless you're a, an at-risk population, uh, John, would you like yeah, to respond and, to and that? Yeah,
2: and I mean, you know, that's a good point. Uh, we don't need to fill up the emergency rooms with cough and cold cases, and the reality is I've got mm-hmm. East General Hospital down the street from me during flu season. They're packed, and that's what's happening. And hopefully... You know, as pharmacists, we're here to take take some of that overflow. I mean, patients could come see their pharmacist. To your point, we'll probably advise them to do nothing. Take some kind of supportive therapies, some Tylenol, a lot of fluids, rest. Really, that's what you're going to do. Those patients that should be seeing their physician are the ones that have multiple chronic medical conditions where when they get the flu or the cold, it's putting that at increased risk for complications. But yes, you're very right. The vast majority of us, you mm-hmm. could self-manage that condition and, and you don't have to run to the ER.
1: And Frankly, you made a very good point that if, if you're sick or you're not sure how sick you are, the last place you want to be is in a doctor's office with lots of sick people.
0: Yeah. I know, you know, but, you know, all that uh, antibiotic, it's not even good for you. You know, my, I got an excellent doctor, you know. He says if you get too much antibiotic, every time you got a flu or you feel sick, your immune system goes down the tube. Well, you know
2: what? I mean, you bring up another antibiotic overuse is a huge problem, right? I think we're really conditioned to taking antibiotics for pretty much anything. you got to remember, antibiotics work for bacterial infections. The vast majority of the infections you get are not bacterial. They're viral. The antibiotic isn't going to do anything. Patients just want that prescription. It makes them feel better. If they fill it, they think it's going to make them feel better. The reality is you're taking that antibiotic inappropriately. You'd stay on it for about three days. And then what happens is you start feeling better anyways. And they think the antibiotic helped them. It didn't do anything. So, yeah, you've got a really good point there.
1: Okay, Tag, thanks very much for your call. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Let's go to Siva in Toronto. Hi, Siva. Hi, Libby, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm good. I just
3: do not think that it is right for people to just walk into the pharmacy to get care. What's going to happen to the cost of the health system? We're gonna to have to pay the pharmacy, they're already doing that, they say you can get half an hour consultation. Well, why doesn't the patient do the consulting with their doctor? Because that's the best person. And we have so many walking clinics here. I do not I myself don't go to a doctor. I've never been sick really, other than when I had my children. But most of my grandchildren now they can go into a walk in clinic without any problem. So, I think that we should keep the pharmacy out. If you need a prescription, have it done. But it's, it's going to add to the cost if we start having all these little
1: things in the pharmacy. I, I think it might actually lower lower, lower yeah. the cost because uh, pharmacists uh, don't, don't get paid as much as doctors. But Siva, I'm going to give John a so chance that's, to that's respond. An, that's
2: an interesting point, but I think the six or 700 patients I see a day in my pharmacy would beg to differ with you. I think pharmacists, they have a really valuable place in the healthcare system right now. They're very well trained. Our new pharmacy graduates have uh, doctorate degrees. We're the most accessible part of the healthcare system. Patients value the work that they, that we do there. We solve problems daily for, for our patients. And I think you probably haven't had an, a good experience with your community pharmacist, but there's many uh, people in Ontario that really rely on their pharmacists. And that's what we're there for. So I, I really disagree with what you're saying right and, now.
1: And, I mean... Th- doctors these are very very what i would call minor complaints Absolutely. and and you think why would you think that a pharmacist seeing a pharmacist instead of a doctor would would increase the cost and i would think what do you get you get you well? Get paid so a lot of the services aren't
2: reimbursed, right? The, I mean, um, we get paid to fill the prescriptions. There are reimbursed clinical services and pharmacies, like flu shots, medication reviews, and stuff like that. But uh, uh, the reality is, we're there to help our patients. You don't uh, get
1: you wouldn't charge for a visit like no, a doctor no, does. For, for no. you go see your doctor, they charge OHIP for a visit. That's right. If I go to the pharmacy, you would you would get reimbursed for the tests. That's part. Right? Of, yeah,
2: that's part of the clinical service we offer. Some point of care tests. Uh, we charge cash for, the the acute care tests like STRAP or flu. Others we do for free and we tie it into the other services. The reality is we work very collaboratively with the physicians in our area. If you come visit me on the Danforth, you'll see I got seven or eight docs that work around me and they really rely on us because they're overworked, they're overburdened, their their waiting rooms are packed. And, and What do they the,
1: spend, five or seven minutes with each patient?
2: Sure, and they come, I, you don't know how many times I've got, you know, I was just in to see Dr. D there and I'm, you know you was in such a hurry help help me better understand what just happened right, and that's what we're there for and we We really, really, really work with the other uh you know components of the healthcare system, and because of our accessibility, I think uh, patients really value that
1: yeah, I mean the again, like the time to get an appointment i mean it's it's actually not just pharmacists I mean I think we we need to use doctors, what we need to use doctors for, but there are also things that that a nurse and there are some things that a nurse might do better than a doctor, uh, as well as a pharmacist, that, that, you know, rather than loading it all and having such... I mean, the, we are the lowest of all Western countries in terms of getting an appointment to see your doctor. And as for walk-in clinics, I mean, frankly, I don't want to see a different person every time. I don't think that's good. And if we can offload some of this to to people uh, for minor things... You know? Yeah, and I think we're a little spoiled here in the yeah. GTA.
2: We, we, we have a lot of access to positions here. You get out of the, you know, the urban settings into the more rural areas, pharmacists are playing a huge role because there may be only one doctor in that area and very few specialists. And you know, when you have a problem at 7 p.m. on a you know, Wednesday night, where you're going is your local community pharmacy, and that pharmacist there is doing, is doing quite a bit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, if you haven't had a good experience with your, doc, uh, your pharmacist, change pharmacies. If you want to come visit me, I'd be happy. Had uh, to change the perception there.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. let's go to Diane in Dunville. Hi, Diane. Oh, hi there. Thank God we have good
4: pharmacists here, and uh, um, thank you, Ashwin. He's my pharmacist.
1: But, uh, and Dunville. So, uh, how how big a place is that? Well, about fifty five
4: hundred here. Small town. Oh, so, yeah. but we're Haldeman County, so I mean we have a uh, almost as much as you in the GTA. When you know, if you count us all in, it. Um, the biggest county in ontario
1: right but uh i'm wondering do you have a lot of doctors there or do you rely on ashwin for a lot of that
4: well no we have uh, we have doctors here we have quite a few but then again let's give everybody their due um our doctors are wonderful fantastic caring people in fact we've just got a an emergency just the ground baking breaking um coming up here a bigger emergency but the thing is that um they um have their place that the pharmacist and knows the chemical reaction of things and there's no way i mean that's why they get trained there's no way a doctor can understand, can go through all the, the new drugs that are coming out and the reactions and everything else and so he depends on the pharmacist for that and we should depend on them too
2: Absolutely, and that's what our role is. I mean, drug therapy is becoming more and more complicated. We're mixing more and more medications together, and a lot of times uh, those medications will interact. Uh, There's a potential risk for adverse drug reactions. Uh, That's our role. Our role is to make sure you're on the safest, most effective drug therapy possible, and if we think there's an opportunity uh, uh, to adjust that therapy, we'll work collaboratively with your physician.
4: Well, I found that they'll work with you, too, on uh... I've just been re-diagnosed with a disease called scleroderma. Yeah. And I bet you don't know what today is.
2: No, no, what is today? Do you? No.
4: Oh, okay. Today's World Scleroderma. Day. Okay. Well, you didn't. You yeah. had your chance, John. <laughs> and. Um, yes it's a rare disease and there again i mean it's uh, complicated and i'm i'm you know i feel confident that uh, between my doctors and my pharmacist and my hospital that they're going to take care of me and i i think that uh, there's nuances in all all medication and um the ability to be able to go to them and say mm, this isn't you know i'm getting this reaction or that it's 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 fantastic yeah. Okay, well, God bless you and and keep up the good work and today, everybody, a rare disease world Derma day, and let's hope we get a cure one time. okay, Thank
1: Diane, you. thanks God bless thanks. bye-bye. <laughs> You're, you're, not, you're not related to her, are no, you? No, no, not. But, yeah I, yeah, I paid her to make that call, though.
2: But, uh, uh, you know, she brings up a, a good point there about the, the individual nuances between patients. And we've talked about this on the show before. Another area of interest of mine is pharmacogenomics. And that's a, that is another point-of-care test, right? So we're able now with a cheek swap to predict, uh, based on your genetics, how different medications will work in different patients. And this really, I think, is the future of pharmacy. It's what we call personalized medicine. Uh, still a little bit expensive to get done, but those costs are coming down. And I think in the near future, uh, there will be very few patients that don't get a genomic test before they get put on therapy.
1: Oh, well, yes. I mean, it's, that is happening, starting to happen with cancer therapy. Uh, And now they call it, they've gone from calling it personalized medicine to calling it precision medicine. That's right,
2: precision medicine is the new buzzword, but essentially it's all the same thing. Uh, We look at the individual's genetics, and those genetics don't change, but how will they affect or impact drug therapy. Uh, This all started in cancer, actually with breast cancer was where uh, genomics, pharmacogenomics really started, but it's evolved now that we could really, there's over 100 drugs we could test for and some very, very common medications
1: right and uh again with this whole business i mean i have to say um i got a call from my doctor's office saying like do you want to come in to discuss your latest blood work nothing to worry about and and the answer is well not really (laughs) not really it's uh and i'm lucky with my doctor will accommodate me but it's just you know there's there's you know too many steps, and it's, would you like to come in at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Well, well, actually, I, I work.
2: Sure, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what I think we're trying to do as yeah. a profession in pharmacies: is make things as convenient and as easy uh, as possible for the patients. The reality is the patients will determine uh, what we actually do in pharmacy. If it's something they demand, well, you know, uh, more and more patients ask for it, it'll be something that will appear in your pharmacy. And if point-of-care uh, testing is something that patients want, you're going to see it explode.
1: Mm-hmm. And, uh, but again, uh, w- what about the uh, uh, the legislative aspect of yeah, it? Yeah, and that's
2: going to change. And like I said, there's provincial variation. So in some provinces, a lot of this stuff already uh, being done. Uh, the OPA or Ontario Pharmacists Association is really advocating for changes in Ontario. There is a little bit of a turf war here with the labs because you know they they offer their businesses to offer uh, testing. Um, I'm sure it's going to get resolved for the mere fact that. Uh, you know, patients are going to start asking for the service. and if Well, it, it, we're gonna...
1: you know, you were saying that it has to do with technology. I yeah. mean, for these tests, I mean, I imagine at some point you needed a big, huge lab, but maybe now you don't not need them. Not anymore. That.
2: If you see some of these tabletop devices that are coming, that literally will do a full, like your entire blood work, and it's literally the size of a little box, right? That's how fast the technology is evolving. I'm not sure if we'll see that anytime soon in pharmacies, but the reality is uh, the technology is there.
1: Okay. Uh, anything
2: you want to leave us with, John? No, just, uh, we were, you know, it's important. But every time in the summer, I, I, I like to end talking a little bit about sun care. We've had the worst <laughs> weather ever. We were talking about that earlier. But hopefully the sun will come, and if it does come or you are traveling, make sure to wear your sunscreen, uh, uh, protect your skin. It's something I think uh, we forget to do commonly.
1: In the meantime, I hope you sell umbrellas. <laughs> That's right. That's what we're selling right now. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much no for that, problem. John Puppesturge, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association.